Welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Carey. And this is episode number 215. That's a big number and it's uh, relevant, I think, because today we're going to talk about playing the long game, really, and yeah. looking looking to the future and trying not to spend too much time looking back, but mm. uh, there will be some of that. Uh, yeah. There may be regrets, I don't know. We shall see. <laughs> well, um, we can look even further back. Look back to 1985, and 215 was David Gower's top score against Australia uh, in a test match. But anyway. Thank you, Andy Zaltzman, for uh, joining <laughs> us. Uh, Is it? Britain's yes. uh, greatest well, podcaster, I think. Talk uh, about playing the long game, Andy Zaltzman. I mean, there we go. So, for the benefit of the listener, there's a guy who's been doing stand-up for quite a long time, was in a double act with... John Oliver, John Oliver yeah. who then went off to the States, uh, became stupendously famous um, as, uh, you know, despite the fact that he couldn't get work in the UK, um, did last week tonight. And Andy Zoltzman must have thought, well, that, that's that's my ship sailed. <laughs> and then he ends up, because he's such a sport geek, doing scoring for One Day Internationals for Test Match Special. And then he sort of also then becomes a voice for Radio 4, and yeah. then he also becomes the chair of the news quiz. And suddenly, Andy Zaltzman is doing two jobs mm. that 10 years ago he would have paid to do. Yeah, and I have to say as well that um, I think that, you know, being a regular on Test Match Special is the uh, is, is the uh, ambition of many, many people. It would be <laughs> the crowning ambition of some of the most famous and, yeah. uh, you know, brilliant um, stand-ups of my era. I mean, yeah. he's been doing stand-up so long that actually he started doing it before I finished. Um, right. That's so how long ago it was, listeners. 28, 28 years since I quit, so um, right. that's a long time. So let's start, but let's let's not get too uh, long-term yet at yeah. this point, but... Um, but I have found recently, um, in the last kind of two or three years, I have I've, I've found it's helped me to uh, kind of try and do a, a mix of uh, plans and have short-term plans and long-term plans and sort of separate them out. Mm. And um, I do try and kind of... I, I, I divide the year into quarters. Um, so um, that's, as, that's about as business-like as I'm ever going to become. But... I do try and do one big thing or have one really big thing that is a sort of aim for each quarter. Uh, and and we're just now, we're kind of com- coming to the end of Q1, as they call it, in 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd be, we, well, I'm sure we'd be very keen to hear from you as well, you know, you all, you what how you're all doing with your New Year's resolutions. I mean, most people, January the 7th, they go, okay, that's it. That's <laughs> it, I've had enough. Um, but um, I have made an effort. My number one writing resolution, not very specific, I realise, but uh, I wanted to uh, just, get better get better at writing um and i didn't make it specific partly because i wanted to apply it to whatever it was that i was writing at the time um and that was kind of um for for me at that time it was actually uh working on my second novel which was supposed to be coming out in april and um that's not going to happen now because I had a real kind of, I had a very big sort of uh, issue with it. We'll, t- we'll come, we'll, t- we'll talk to that, in, uh, talk about that in a bit. But, but it did. Um, I really, really struggled, and I really, really worked at it. And this 
ties into kind of thinking about what are the long term, what are our long term plans. So I don't know if you had a sort of uh, starting point ambition or if that's how your approach is, James. Um, yeah, I, I don't do the quarterly thing, but I'm thinking that I'm getting to the point where I should. And also I'm trying to make sure that I focus on the best opportunities I have rather than sort of uh, vanity projects or little things that I like or want to fiddle with. Or I think I've wasted a lot of time in the last five years pursuing projects that were just either never going to work or if they did work, they just wouldn't pay enough money to make it worthwhile. And um, so you do have to do those other projects just to keep things interesting and fresh. But equally, you do have to balance that against earning a living. So uh, I am the sole wage earner in my household. So I really do have to go out there and uh, bring home the bacon, I believe they used to call it. I don't know um, if there's a, a vegan version of that. Bring home yeah. the bacon. Not, so, not in my family. They never called it that. Okay. No. Well, that, that's yes. I, <laughs> yeah. I can see how that. I'll would tell be you. The case. If I brought home some bacon in my childhood, yes. there would in have the been In the Cohen household, pay. yes, yeah. yes. Uh, so, so yes. Yeah, so but in a way, what I've been trying to do is reframe my thinking about my career and making the most of the opportunities I have. But in particular, trying to help people by which i mean the people i know trying to work out what sort of projects they need to be able to pitch to streamers channels whatever and how i can bring them the kinds of things they'll be excited about pitching that i can write so it's just triangulating those things and having a much more positive attitude rather than i have some ideas that are unalloyed genius and i have to uh, persuade or hoodwink some producer into uh, liking my idea so that they can then go and sell it to Apple TV and then I can make it um, and have total artistic control over it and all that kind of stuff. So I've been trying to be much more I mean, pragmatic implies that I've sold out. But I mean, that ship sailed some time ago. Um, but more that I like working and I want to help people. And I, and I need to bring that to bear in to bear on my actual writing career. And then also let them help me. So regular listeners will know I've been doing much more murder mystery recently and the people that have made that possible for me. I've had to say to them, please help me do this because I, I don't really know what I'm doing. And, you know, whereas they, they like me because I can make it funny because I've got a sitcom track record. So I think I've been trying to have my general dispositions to be one of helping people um, rather than... Uh, and and so... And if you do that and play the long game and helping people, it does come back to you. And the reason I mention that is because literally I've got an all day meeting tomorrow about a TV script project that that has been thrown at me very last minute and would be brilliant if it came off. And you'll be I will talk about it if it if it 100 percent does. But it's based on something that I did for somebody in 2013. Um, I, I helped out on a radio sitcom called Elven Quest which is a lovely, uh, funny fantasy show, Lord of the Rings kind of parody thing. And I, I went to a drinks um, for producers and uh, and writers or something, a BBC thing. And I just said, without any side or looking for work, I really like Elven Quest. I think it's a really funny show. And by the way, if you ever need anyone to write one, I reckon I could do it because the characters are so clear. And anyway, so I didn't really think more about it, but then got a call that they were actually a bit pushed for time for writing it. And was I joking? And could I write two episodes before over Christmas, basically? And the answer is, yes, I can. And yes, I did. So I did that. And and I mentioned that because 
I had an attitude of helping people. Obviously, there was a self-serving element to it, but it's radio money, so it really wasn't much, <laughs> much money. And um, fun fact, one of my episodes had Phoebe Waller-Bridge in it, and I've, I've not seen her since. I hope she's all right. I've not, you know, yeah. not really Whatever seen her around. To Phoebe yeah. Waller-Bridge. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I went to a thing, which is not my natural thing, got a chatting to somebody, and then that led to one thing and another thing. And now here, 10 years later that's coming back in a different way, but hopefully with more money. Um, and, uh, and it sounds really interesting and exciting and fun. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about the comedy conference and why you should go to it or things like it. But before we do that, Dave, do you want to say anything else? Well, actually, in fact, that just reminded me uh, of a thing that I had completely forgotten about. Mm. Um, but I, I had a similar uh, thing happen to me, which was a... 20 years ago, in fact, wow. when I was uh, a regular writer on News Quiz. Um, and it was, a, it was a similar thing. I was in, and it's a Radio 4 uh, producer mm. that's office I was in. And they happened to say, and they, they, um, they asked me, not knowing that I had any, not knowing anything about my uh, past as a lyric writer, but that, but more from a topical point of view, they mm. gave me this thing that um, David Quantic and Richie Webb had put together, which was like a a, a, a sort of topical idea. It was like a half-formed, uh, let's do a topical music show. Um, and they got written a couple of, they had a sort of, it was a sort of vague idea of it, like a kind of Lloyd Webber spoof and a couple mm. of songs. And I looked at it and, ooh, songs you know my yeah. little antenna went off and uh and, and yeah they were planning to sort of do it as a, like a 15 minute thing so I just looked at it and I straight away I sort of thought oh this is a great idea this is fan this is perfect for me 15 mm. minute musical which is what it became and um you know here's here's another idea for songs and here's how to sort of turn it into a narrative which was relatively straightforward because they'd already written half of it anyway. So it was just mm. a case of kind of filling in a few of the gaps. And that became 15-minute musical, which which ran for 50 episodes. Wow. And as a result of that, that was how... Uh, so, so Caroline Norris, the, the producer of Horrible Histories, um, approached Richie, um, kind of at the point that David wasn't doing... 15 minute musicals as much as I was and so uh Richie said uh Caroline said will you write the songs for Horrible mm. Histories and Richie said sure but uh, can I bring Dave along as well as the lyric writer so there's another that, that again that was just me sort of being in the right place at the right time and and, and exactly as you said it yeah. was like oh right up my street but at the same time I could have just looked at it and said oh you know why should I? Why should I bother to look at this or anything? And so, uh, you know, I, 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 it was sort of luck, but it yeah. was, um, you know, that that's kind of how yeah. I got the horrible histories gig. So, yeah. you know, that, that's that. really helpful. I mean, so being super topical, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, I believe it was a movie that did okay at the Oscars. I have no idea what the movie's about, and the Oscars completely passed me by, but. You can't be everywhere all at once and please all of the people all the time. But equally, you don't want to be nowhere ever. <laughs> um, you want to be somewhere sometimes. And so you need to obviously know what the, 
you know what your capacity is but going to things like comedy conferences is a really good thing because that's you're you're putting yourself in a space where serendipity might happen you might meet someone who becomes a writing partner you might hear about an opportunity you wouldn't have otherwise heard you might have struck a common bond with a producer um, and it turns out that you're both really into Motown music and that they've always wanted to do some kind of project and you've sort of half had this idea for a project and you wouldn't have known that if you hadn't been in the room and had the conversation. And that's why we say if you write for Newsjack or whatever, whatever the news show is, if there's an audience there, go along to the audience and be part of it. And yeah, it might mean a train fare and a hotel for the night. Um, and you can't do that every week. But if you don't ever do it any week, then um, then these these bits of serendipity, providence, whatever you like to call them, aren't going to happen to you, which is why, you know, after I left university in 98, I think, I moved to London so that serendipity could happen because it wasn't going to happen down in near Froome in Somerset, especially 20 years ago when Froome wasn't cool. It is an artisanal cool place now. But um, that's where Paul McCartney did this, uh, did his gig the night yeah, before cheese Glastonbury. And grain. Yeah. And also a few years earlier, uh, the Foo Fighters or what's his name did that thing yeah. there. And, you know, stuff's happening in Froome, but it, it wasn't wasn't that place when I, when I was there, you know, 25 years ago, place of the town in which I was born. So that's why you move. And that's why the Script Notes podcast would all used to say, and they probably don't say it as much now. They used to say, number one, move to L.A. That's the thing you should do. And you, you don't have to, you, obviously, some of you can't. And if you can't, okay, you can't. But if you can, you should. And there is basically no substitute for turning up. And that's why things like conferences are worth going to. Even if you're painfully shy or don't like those sorts of things at all, half the people there are painfully shy. I mean, they're writers. For they're writers. Sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah. all sitting the the, the 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 corners will be the the busiest uh, yes. places really um so we 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 had a um an email from uh one of our patreons uh, yeah. gary thomas who uh very very nice supports us uh thank yeah. you gary for all your support yeah. and uh if you want to uh help us keep this uh, podcast going then do sign up sitcom geeks um Patreon slash Sitcom Geeks, I think, is the, the place to find Google us. Sitcom Geeks Patreon, and you yeah. really won't find many other uh, imposters or pretenders. Yeah, and so Gary asked a very specific question, He's, um, which is, so we've got this, um, this kind of weekend of conferences coming up on April the 22nd at the uh, London School of Economics. The British Comedy Guide are running uh, a day of panels um, and a sort of chance to meet people in the lunch breaks and everything. And then the next day, on the 23rd, I'm doing like a half day, which is a much more kind of interactive thing where you actually go, where you actually write stuff and um, we'll be presenting it in our nice supportive atmosphere uh, mm. at the end. That's at the uh, Bill Murray uh, pub in uh, Angel on the Sunday. But um, so Gary says... What um, what do you re recommend for individuals to do to get the most uh, out of the conference? Hmm. And for me, the answer to that lies sort of a little bit in what I was saying uh, earlier about um, separating out um, the short term and the long term. So just, just to sort of set up what the British Comedy Guide conference is going to be like, there's going to be two sessions running uh, all day, so or most of the time. I think if they've got big guest speaker they'll only have like one session but mostly they're going to be uh 
very and very and to, to sort of put it crudely, room one, the big room, is going to be uh, narrative comedy, sitcoms, uh, commissioners, all that sort of stuff. So so that's kind of thinking for the long term, mm-hmm. and then room two is going to be more things like topical comedy, sketch writing, stand up, mm-hmm. and that's those are things that are more things you can be doing now so i would call them short term uh, it, it's a mm. very it's a very kind of rough and ready definition i'd say um and so you want to be i guess you know don't don't over don't try and be everything all at once in the same way you can't be short term and long term in your brain so try and i mean do go obviously go to the conference <laughs> that's the first point as we say but try and find think about what is it that you think would really be the best thing for you that might help kind of push you forward or where you'd most like to meet people with similar ideas whether it's topical comedy or sketch writing or uh, comedy drama I think as well is going to be in there or stand-up and try and attend those events but then be sure to attend the events in room one um and again, putting it very crudely, I think, James, you're a room one guy. You're a narrative comedy long-term guy. Mm-hmm. Um, your your session is going to be about uh, sitcom characters. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mine is, uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, topical comedy. So I'm, I'm, the, I'm the room two guy um, in, the, in the conference. But that's, you know, we bo- obviously we both work across all of those things. But... Um, that's kind of that. That will be my recommendation to Gary. Have you uh, got anything to to add to that? Yeah, I think so. One thing I would suggest doing is go back and listen to episodes one nine seven and episode one four one, and they are both in which Dave and I talk to uh, Tim Clegg and Danny Stack, who are guys who just go out there and do stuff and make stuff happen. And you know, the last episode was called "Yes, We Can." where they went to the Cannes Film Festival. Cannes, good play on words there we had. Yeah, it? it's very good. Yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> and uh, I think that was the primary reason to interview them for that episode about Cannes, so we could call it Yes We Can. Um, and uh, yeah, they're really good at just making, demystifying and, and empowering you just to go out there and just have chats with people. And I really would recommend going to, to listen to those. And also be aware that uh, there are some great people lined up for the conference, including, um, you know, we've got uh, Danny Peake. Our friend Danny Peake will be there. and um, Writer uh, of uh, Not Going Out and Code yeah. 404. Yeah. Great, great comedy writer. In my character session, we're going to have Doug Naylor, which is amazing. I get to meet Doug Naylor, right, co-writer of one of the greatest sitcoms, in my view, of, of all time. Uh, what's not to like Tom Basden's going to be there um, uh, Michelle Farr who produced Bluestone 4-2 she's going to be there and she's done loads of other things as well uh, Clelia Mountford Claire Jones Adam Kay this is going to hurt guy uh, Christine Rose uh, Gronny Maguire Ben Green who writes with Ramesh uh, Ranganathan uh, Stuart Laws of Turtle Canyon Comedy and then there are panels with the actual commissioners you know uh, so Daniel Lawrence Taylor, by the way, as well, cre- creator of uh, Time Wasters. Time Wasters, one of my yeah. favourite sitcoms. Yeah, and also, so there's a commissioners panel with Sarah Asante, Julian McKenzie, John Montague, Charlie Perkins and Tanya Karishu, who represent UK TV, BBC Radio 4, Sky Channel 4 and BBC Television. This is a room you want to be in, 
I would say. Um, so, uh, so it is well worth having a having a good look and considering to come to this something like this. The craft of comedy conference, I think, was slightly killed off by COVID. Uh, I think wasn't it, which is a real shame. That was up in North North Wales, and that was that was that was something great. So at the moment, there's not that much else out there like this, which is aimed at people who are, you know, either writing or trying to get into writing. Um, so I think this is this is the one thing to to do if you if you have limited funds i, I would do i would spend yeah. them on this it's aimed primarily at, at our core listenership i think it's mm. fair to say yeah um it's uh, one one little piece of advice is um don't uh, think oh i've got a perfect um channel for sitcom uh i shall make a point of um finding charlie perkins and just hassling her and hassling her until she uh, can't say no and go, well, i got to pitch yeah. my idea. So be be aware that there, everyone else who is going, uh, including probably some of the panellists, <laughs> have yeah. got ideas and things that they want to do. So don't, don't look at the conference as this is where I get to um, pitch my idea to somebody who, who will uh, commission me. Because um, um, that's not the reason the commissioners have gone there. The reason they've gone is because uh, the same reason that uh, I wanted to, you know, why I say we all need to become better writers. They want they want you and they want the best of you. Now, they're not going to get it from you directly. They're the vast majority of them are going to get it from... Uh, production companies and it's um, and we know there's always still there, there are still issues of you know how do you get your script to a production company they say they don't want scripts etc etc um, and that's partly why uh, James is correct to say you should definitely li- listen to uh, Dan- Danny and Tim because they have the answers if you say yes but I tried sending my script and I tried this I tried that um, Danny and Tim are the same as you. They didn't have any contacts in the industry, but they made it happen. And mm. they didn't take no for an answer. They didn't. They didn't hassle commissioners uh, at conferences, but they they've got a, a brilliant way of uh, making contacts. And you know, listen to those shows, and you'll hear how to do it. But this conference isn't going to be the place to do that. Mm. Um, however, you know, there are there are. There will be chances, there'll be breaks, there'll be chances to meet people. And if there's somebody who you really like, you know, uh, and um, whose who's output you particularly like, and, uh, you know, other people who are going to be there, um, certainly on my uh, panel, I've got John Holmes of The Skewer and um, the Breaking the News and DMs Are Open uh, producers are going to be there. If, you know... If, if there are things that are, interest you about writing for radio and if you have ideas, then... It, it, it might be just worth talking to them and not saying this is my idea but saying what's the sort of you know I really you, you have to obviously like the, the things they do first don't just kind of ideally be, yeah yeah <laughs> don't just go up to any old person and say what do you want what are you looking for but it'll help if you already know the work they do and say actually I really like that and I'd be interested to know the sort of thing you might be looking for they won't have an answer but that's a really good way of just making a connection, hmm. not steaming in there saying, here's my idea, handing it over to them. So yeah. um, so that's really, I think, 
the best way the best way to to do that conference on the Saturday is don't over you know don't try and do too many things at once use the break times to kind of maybe meet one person uh, mm. or two people um, go to at least one craft thing and go to at least one thing that's about where you want to kind of push forward a bit and then pick and choose around the rest of it really um yeah and then for my conference on the sunday that's much more about um we're going to be working with people we're going to be working up topical jokes we're going to be working up sketch ideas on working up pitches for for sitcoms so it's going to be much more a collaborative thing so that's also i mean that's, that's the, the, the emphasis is very much on working with other people um, mm. and that's really and i think that's so important because you know with com- comedy is usually one person isn't it and it's like we we think of like a famous stand-up or a famous writer or something but so much of creating comedy is about working with mm. somebody else uh, and, and you know kind of putting ideas together that way so that's but that's that's my feeling about how you yeah. should approach the conference yeah and I think, yeah, just going to, to listen and find out where things are, because it may be that your that your brilliant idea that you thought of six, seven years ago really isn't for now. You know, that, that moment has really passed. Or the, that idea you had 10 years ago that seemed completely unpalatable or unsellable, now, now is the time for that idea. But again, it's about listening and it's about trying to help people. It's about trying to help producers have stuff that they can produce, have stuff that they can pitch, listening carefully to what the commissioners are wanting because the the producers are also listening to what the commissioners are saying they're wanting. So if you're offering stuff to producers that the commissioners are just not going to want, then that's just a waste of time. And it shows that you're, that, that again, you're not trying to help anybody. You're just, all you're really trying to do is just sell your own stuff, which is great and that that's fine. But you just want to make sure that you're playing playing as a team this is a team game tv is a team game and if you don't want to do that then write a novel um well, which is an awful as well lot. in my case <laughs> well you can do although that that's a that's another one basically i've just sort of realized i spoke we spoke to abby last time and then i i did send a bit of a novel i had been writing to someone and they gave me some feedback and i just thought um what i'm writing is not a novel it is television and i've tried to novelize a episode of television and I really should treat novels with a lot more respect than I have been. And I really, I, so if a novelist said, oh, I'm going to write a sitcom script, my, in my head, I'm just thinking, oh yeah, you know, I, it's not, not as easy as it looks. I can tell you that. Um, so what, why would I think that I could just sit down and, and write a novel? What a bizarrely arrogant thing to think. And that is precisely what I have been thinking. So I should, um, basically not bother because there's no money in it for me at least and uh go where my opportunities are so um so yeah so the so the conference is a place where you can make contacts that are opportunities and again when we talk about making your own stuff it's great if you're able to say in the room oh i i did this thing it's on youtube if you if you google if you youtube look up on youtube the following three words you'll find it and they they might they might do that um but it's great to have a something that you've done a podcast episode or a audio thing or a, or a blog or just something that shows that you're serious about what you're doing rather than just I've got five amazing sitcom ideas and nobody wants to do them and I'm a thwarted genius 
Again, that may be true, but um, it's that's not what people are thinking when they're meeting you. Um, you know, uh, don't be weird. Um, that's, you know, you probably are weird, but as Miranda says, we must hide this. Um, so, <laughs> that, uh, yes, yeah. that, that was sort of the gist of what I was trying to mm. say, I suppose, about don't uh, uh, be cool. The, the definition of weird is going up to a, the commissioning editor at Sky and saying, mm. you know what you, you, you know, what's missing on your bloody stupid uh, yeah. TV channel. You know why it's so rubbish? It's because you haven't used my script, yeah. and here it is. Yeah. Um, so that, that's that's a very good definition of weird. Yeah. And you used to make stuff like Sean Show. Why aren't yeah. you making stuff like Sean yeah. Show? And, it was and, like... and honestly, uh, this isn't this. This may sound com- silly, yeah. but you know, I have been to many conferences where you know it's basically uh, therapy for a, a writer. Yeah. To just say, oh, there's that person who turned down my sitcom in 1976. Um, Right, I'm going to be in the audience there. So, uh, uh, go to the next question, please. Yes, I wrote this sitcom, and you didn't take it. And then, two years later, someone else put out a sitcom that was exactly the same as my sitcom. No, it wasn't. It was much better than your sitcom. They don't say that. They're they're all polite, unless they're Jimmy Mulville, (laughs) who famously said... Well, yeah. the reason your script wasn't commissioned was because it was a pile of yeah. um, words yeah. that I wouldn't want to say, really. Yeah, on, uh, yeah go back and listen to it. I think he uses, in his own words, go yeah. back and listen to the Jimmy yeah. Mulville episode. But no, but, but also there's that awful moment of like, well, you know, you've just said you want um, yeah. mixed race family comedies and I sent you one. <laughs> and um, apparently you're not doing it. It's just like, okay, we, we all now know uh, why they're not doing it is because a you're weird and b the script's probably bad. Um, so you know you do get a bit of that. Don't don't be that guy. Please. Don't, yes, I mean I'd like to say don't be that girl, but it's so rarely a girl, <laughs> and it is blokes. normally a guy. I'm sorry, mm. it's normally a guy. Yeah, I don't know. be that guy. <laughs> Even if you're a girl, don't be that guy. Yeah. So that's so day day one. Then it's very much you know observe and make mm. observe and make connections. Um, and day two is um, work together. Find find people yep. that you like. Find people who inspire you, who give you energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that that's my kind of uh, overall uh, yeah. advice for the, uh, to, to to Gary and to anyone else yeah. who's. Uh, so day so day one is is the comedy conference run by the British Comedy Guide and and that's at LSE and uh, all that stuff we're talking about and then Dave's running a thing in conjunction with the conference the next day um, which is going to be a much more practical hands on thing. Do you want to just talk a little bit more about what you'll be covering at that? Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll I mean the what I want to do very early on and this is all you know this is all new stuff so it's it's new to me as much as it's to you but I want to uh everybody to uh explain you know kind of things that they do and they like doing and what they what they can do and this this comes back to what you were saying about helping others you mm. know what can I do that what's 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 a skill that I have I have you mm. know what's one skill that I have and what's one thing that I would like and then Mm. The next person gets up and says the same thing, and 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 hopefully, what's going to happen is that all it's not going to be massive, you know, not, mm. not going to be a huge thing, but hopefully, people will listen to each other and they'll go, mm. 
oh, they do that, do they? You know, that's something that I've always wanted to do more of. Mm. Maybe if I talk to them about yeah. what I have, and that's and 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 so and and I'm hoping to kind of create a sort of a virtuous uh, cycle, I suppose of loads of people going oh god you do that that's really interesting I have sounds like a... comedy speed dating to me yeah yeah i think it is really mm. I, I, but that, that, that that's that's going to be a starting point and then we're going to go off and depending on what your interest is uh whether it's uh, topical comedy or uh making sketches making online sketches or you know pitching sitcoms and things and each group um you, you will we'll work up some ideas sketches jokes uh pitches and then and we'll have a break and there'll be plenty of time to sort of talk between them and then we'll have another you you get you basically of those three things sketch writing topical comedy and uh pitching you get to do two of those Uh, so i guess everybody will probably want to do the pitching of the sitcom because everybody's got a sitcom and then maybe you'll want to do one other which will either the sketches or the topical but it's just entirely up to you and then at the end of the day we'll present our stuff um yeah. but hopefully in the course of the day you're just going to be working with each other you're gonna and and then it's as much about learning and this really is so important and there's so there's so much less of it now than when you and I were starting out mm. you know when James and I spent our first three or four years as writers sitting in a room uh weekending room with mm. and and we were the, we would be the juniors and they were like really successful famous not famous outside of our world but you know Mm. when i was when i started doing weekending uh ian brown and james hendry were writing about Mm. half of it um and so you know but i was in the same room as them and and we were all everybody was working together and you learned very quickly how not to be a dick you know and uh how to be how when to when to jump in and mm. how to not be uh, so kind of covetous of your own ideas and how on all those things and those are the things that there aren't so many op- uh, possibilities for that nowadays I think yeah. yes I mean having said that there's a lot of fringe stuff going on there is a, there is a lot of live stuff going on there is still the Edinburgh Festival and mm. satellite festivals and all those sorts of places so I think these things all find a way um and you can as I say you can make your own stuff as well which is just something that was just not possible when you know when we was when i was starting out even it was just like the idea that you'd have a camera on a phone and the idea that you'd have a mobile phone was already pretty weird um but then that you could you know your the phone that comes the, the camera that comes free with your phone that's in your pocket is better than a bbc studio camera from the 1970s and 80s it's it's kind of mind-boggling really so swings and roundabouts swings and roundabouts so we're gonna um just move on before we wrap up and we'll go longer uh on the patreon uh as well so if you want a longer version of this episode and we we sort of had a few questions on our discord server as well but uh we've got a question here when we said we've got a bit of time on a podcast i didn't want a, a question about, about long-term goals in particular our friend Paco has a question for us. Uh, do you want to say? Do you want to read that out, Dave? I will. It's a long question, but it's worth reading because it's uh, you'll, you'll mm. get the gist of it. 
so Paco uh, Garcia, who he's actually in Spain, but he's mm. a he's a regular contributor to uh, mm. our kind of Discord and our our pages, our community, um, and he's got his phenomenal knowledge of comedy. Mm. Um, he says so. He says you know when you've had the best idea ever and write it down, and a few hours later you realise it's total rubbish. And then you think maybe if you delete half of what you'd written and add a new character and a few changes, yes, now it is really, once and for all, the best idea anyone's ever had. But time passes and you notice the plot actually doesn't make any sense and the characters are not believable or relatable in any way and give up. Not only this specific project, but the whole writing malarkey. And then the the next day you come up with something that, assuming you get rid of two-thirds of the work you've done so far, maybe, you know this thing? Does it only happen to me? Does it ever end, he asks. <laughs> and that's an edited version of his first uh, yeah. question. Um, to, to answer the, the second the, or the penultimate question, does it only happen to me? Uh, uh, solid no. <laughs> it happens to everybody. Yeah. It happens to all of us all of the time, I mm-hmm. would say. And would you agree with that, James? Yeah, totally. And I think it's a good thing. If you're having lots of ideas, then brilliant. For heaven's sake, write them down. Uh, write them in a, I often write them in Apple notes on my phone or I do have ideas books and things as well which I regularly go through or go back over when I'm just feeling like I want to get back into some ideas and quite often you notice that the same ideas keep coming up or you think you have a brand new idea and then you realize you've actually had the idea before um, so that's a nice problem to have initially because lots of people actually don't really have many ideas at all. They've only really had one idea and they're just hammering away at this one thing. So I think it is good to have lots and lots of ideas and also be aware that they're probably deeply flawed. This idea that an idea comes fully formed uh, and you go, ah, brilliant, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. I can just turn that into a script and that's I'm going to sell that. that. That just doesn't happen... I would say even if you're Ricky Gervais, I would say, or maybe only if you're Ricky Gervais, do you go, I want to do a sitcom about someone who is very bitter about losing their spouse or their partner and he's a real misery guts and he works for the local paper. No one's going to tell David Brent, sorry, no one's going to tell Ricky Gervais to go off and do it again because that's not that's that's actually not that great idea. And he's done it and some people like it. It's not for me to say it's not a great idea, but... Only if you're the multi-award winning creator of The Office do you get to do the first incarnation of your latest great idea. So this is just part of the process. So embrace that and just make sure you keep keep tabs on them. That, that would be the first thing to say on that. Yeah. Uh, just as a side issue, by the way, I think I think there's a whole uh, sitcom geeks episode with Ricky Gervais, whether or not he would ever agree to, to talk to us. I think uh, I, I, I don't don't think he's uh, that, that it's it's worth his while. I think, but uh, probably I would I would love to have him on because that actually uh, I I think his um, his comedy model that uh, mm. you know his, him doing what he does is um, is actually a, a really uh, some something I would uh, think is a, is the future of comedy, mm. uh, but but now is not the time to go into that. No. Um, but just to say, you know. After uh, Afterlife, it's called, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Which uh, we both watched the first series of, and yeah. you know, take it or leave it. But you know, it's a very, very popular show with Ricky mm. Gervais fans, and um, you know, it, that's enough for Netflix to commission it. It's worth Netflix's while to commission it. So, 
you know, Ricky is a, an example, I think, of somebody who has, you know, very much, very, very much kind of chosen his path and follows his path and uh, follows it successfully, totally on on his terms. So I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't dismiss him uh, mm. a, a, at all with that. But but the, the, the reason I sort of mention it now is just sort of thinking about this kind of long term, uh, you know, what we talked about at the start, the, the sort of what, what are you doing short term? What are you doing long term? Mm. And, you know, I'm 64 now, uh, James. And um, wow. You, you know, are yeah. you are the Beatles song. <laughs> I am. I am now. Uh, I am. I, luckily, I can feed myself still, and uh, I do. I'm not. Uh, I am still needed. I think uh, so. Uh, that's put my answer to Paul McCartney, um, and and of course, you know, back then, sixty four was a very old age, and you know that the, our perceptions have changed but the fact is that i've had 40 years of a career and i kind of you know i'm kind of aware that i'm not um you know I, i'm i'm not the first choice um for for people for writing ideas and you know my career is probably if it finished tomorrow i would be able to say well you know it's been pretty good so far i can look i can look back on it and think well you know there have been there have been many uh many successes and many failures mm. many more failures than successes um but thinking about that i mean I, I i i'm still sort of and in fact more than before i'm kind of thinking more long term than i ever have which is might be a bit crazy um but it is interesting that the idea that i've come to this point now and all i want to do is become a better writer um it might seem kind of quite ludicrous really but um, I, th- I, th- I think it's just something, you know, if you think I'd love, to, you know, everybody who's listening to this thinks, right, I've, 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 you're at various stages of I want to write a sitcom to the point of I've written a sitcom or I've written mm. five sitcoms. Um, but imagine if, you know, you've got five years, say, to write the, your next sitcom. Yeah. I mean, it's just really is worth thinking about it in those terms rather than kind of thinking oh what's now what's happening now and really kind of putting some thought into learning really learning about character and story yeah. and you know all the things that make make shows happen and re- i mean uh, part of this has been sparked off i think by reading uh, into the woods by john york which i think is uh, the more I think about it, the more I think this is just the best book about the craft of writing. And it's not right. even about sitcom, but it, yeah. there's, there's so much in there. And the more you think about it, the more it just um, it feeds into uh, how, how you become a better writer. So uh, I don't, I don't want to get too kind of, you know, vague and unspecific, especially as be specific is my mantra for 2023 um but i mean that's uh, it's interesting and i I, i'd be curious james i hope you don't mind me asking but Mm. uh, i hope it's not i mean you're you you are effectively i'd say like halfway through i mean you've been writing what 20 25 years 25 years i guess because i'm now 47 i'll be 48 later Uh, this year so 20 25 years so when i turned i think 46 i thought 25 years ago i was 21 and in 25 years time, I'll be 72. And if, if I'm able to work beyond the age of 72, you know, physically, well, that's all gravy. I'm not, you know, 
uh, the Bible says we get our three score years and ten because the days of Methuselah uh, are, are over um, or even Noah who lived 600 years. But we, we get our three score years and ten. So so, yeah, make make the most of it. But equally, you don't need to be in such a hurry that you just grab at anything or desperately try to push things. It's like, OK, well, what's the next? So various projects are coming up at the moment where I just think in the short term, that would be good that, that, you know, the pay will be OK. It'll keep me in the game. It'll be fun to work with those people to be part of this team. And actually, I'll be in a better position to then pitch to those people afterwards with a new show idea than I would have done before. So let's just do the work now. So again, it is always thinking short term and long term. What are the long term things that I'm really interested in doing? And then what are, you know, so for example, I know this sounds crazy, but here we go. Uh, I don't know what year off the top of my head, and I'm going to look it up. The works of C.S. Lewis will pass out of copyright. Uh, but if someone's going to make a new version of The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, uh, I hope to heck they ask me. And it probably isn't. He died in the he died the same day as JFK, which is 1963. So add add 70 years to 1963 and you get 20, 2034. Um, so in 20 in 2034, I'll still be old enough. You know, that, that that's 11 years time. So I'll be 59. So how can I be in 11 years time the kind of person where if some people want to make The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, which is now out of copyright, they would ask me to do it. Because I'm in that, I'm in that league. I'm in that kind of thing. Because I, I really understand C.S. Lewis because I've read loads and loads of his books and loads and loads of his stuff. And also That Hideous Strength is one of my favourite books that he's written, which is not a particularly well-known one. But how can I be the kind of writer that gets hired to write the kinds of things that I would actually like to write, as well as the things that... I have originated myself and therefore that takes a whole load of things including being really good in the room people just know that when you turn up you're going to do the work you're not going to goof off you're going to treat people with respect you're going to bring you're going to turn up with donuts or something you know you're going to you're going to add value you're going to be and you're going to deliver that you always hit your deadlines that you always deliver the script when you say you're going to you're not always asking for extensions and extra time so so there's a long there's there's a long term plan here about being the kind of writer that gets the good gigs that people actually are are giving out because that is that's if not more of the game than coming up with original stuff is is the long running stuff like Midsummer Murders or Death in Paradise or uh, Lewis or uh, Holby Casualty EastEnders you know most of this stuff has been like Doc Martin obviously which is finished now but that that was written by many many people so. That's kind of how can you be that sort of person who then gets offered other kinds of things once you've done half a dozen of those. So you do want to be thinking long term and short term at the same time. Does that make sense? It does make absolute sense. And I'm glad mm. you brought up uh, Methuselah and, uh, <laughs> and, and C.S. Lewis, um, because that's another thing about the sort of those, those, these, these long term ideas that you have. And mm. they are your passions. And. You know, for obviously people who listen to this show a lot know that what, one of the most important things in your life is, is your faith. Mm. And um, you have your faith, and I have a thing that's developed in more recently, which is my kind of uh, love of nature and how that's become mm. such an important thing in my life. And I think that's this is a kind of quite a nice little 
thing to 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 end this discussion on is that mm. we, you know, that we are both of us in our way obsessed with uh, things that are about for us what's what is the way to make the world a better place mm. and um, we're not writing it the whole time we're not uh, you're not we're not going in every day and pitching you're not going in and pitching your C.S. Lewis idea and I'm not going yeah. in pitching my uh, my podcast about mm. trees uh, yes it exists in my head um, but there are beliefs and are the things that we want for the world are informing everything else that we are writing so uh and it really does i think it's so important just to have a, like a, a wider purpose really over and above being wanting to be a great writer wanting to be a successful writer you know what what's what's kind of really at the bottom of that for for, mm. for everyone really i would say yeah so this is all all a means to an end and and again, going back to Paco's question about having lots of ideas. Therefore, if you are a long-term writer, you will need lots of ideas because you're going to need two or three ideas that are bubbling away in development whilst you're doing other bits and pieces. And if you're going to do this for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, that's dozens and dozens of ideas. Um, but as I said earlier, quite often you realise they all come down to sort of three or four ideas, really. Um, it always feels like there's there's a few things that you particularly are interested in, whether it's relationships between sisters or whether it's about man's relationship with nature or whether it's about, you know, man's relationship with God or the church or those different sorts of things. So, um, so yeah, but anyway, we're going to chat a bit longer over on Patreon. So if you want to get access to that chat, including somebody asked a question about how to do exposition on audio. And I know we've just spent, plenty of time just doing exposition on audio but in terms of from a dramatic comedy point of view and i've obviously written quite a few sitcoms and as as has dave is good doing the uh, 15 minute musicals and tons of other stuff too so we'll talk about that and a few other things too but um but just to remind people where can they find out about the comedy conference and your and and you know and your bit too yeah so uh go to the uh, bcg pro page and they that's that's got all the information about the uh, comedy conference all the guests and things and actually at the bottom of that there's a little uh, link to to my uh conference so you can get to my one as well uh if you sign go to davecohen.org.uk uh, if you sign up to my newsletter by the way there's i've got a a, a, a new kind of uh, reader magnet thing to give away which is a called build a script which is about it's sort of based on the the practical course i've been doing for three years now where you start with i have an idea and uh, over eight weeks you get to the point of writing your first draft so mm. um go to davecohen.org.uk and there's a page there about my mm. uh, conference under practical uh, courses and the british comedy guide can be found at comedy.co.uk and at the top right hand corner there's a thing called pro if you click on that you should get links to that i think it's cheaper if you're a pro member or something like that i'm not quite remember how it works but worth joining pro for the discount alone for the conference and then you've got access to again a group of people as well as if you join us on patreon which is where we're going to be for a little bit longer cool thanks very much for listening everybody a bit i think i think we had a beginning a, a beginning and a middle and an end didn't we i think so yes yes was that i don't think we had an all is lost moment but no uh, no no well I, the, the audience may have done but we weren't aware of it <laughs> Okay, thanks for tuning in. Cheerio, bye-bye. Bye.